Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you. Welcome back to On the Town with Tanya. I'm your host, and uh, we appreciate you coming back again this week. So what are we talking about? What is a hero? Someone that swoops in and saves you? Hmm, that's a possibility. But tonight's guest uh, will be giving us another um, another meaning of a hero. And um, I have with me tonight, our, one of our guests uh, is a social worker, child welfare specialist, published author, and he's the director of A Hero. Uh, he is joining us with some of his team, Raven Bartman, Alicia Johnson, and Mirella Huber, who are all peer navigators. Please welcome tonight's guest. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hello. How are you Thank all doing? You Thank you so much for for taking the time to come and uh, share with us what you all do. Um, so, so first, I'll just jump right into it. Um, um, a hero. What is? How did you come about with this organization, Dan? Uh, do you prefer Daniel or Dan? Daniel. Uh, Dan is fine. Dan's Dan fine. is fine. Uh, how did you come up with this organization? Could you tell us your mission? Yeah, thank you. Um, I'll try to be brief, and I think the um, truthfully, the experts are um, are alongside me tonight. So uh, I ask not only to fill in the gaps where I miss, uh, but also um, uh, Raven Morella, and when Alicia joins us, uh, please uh, be, feel invited to take the lead. Um, I uh, I worked in child welfare for 25 years in Ontario, Canada, and mm -hmm. uh, the short story is. Um, we did a horrible job uh, providing support for young people in care. I don't think it's a, um, um, a, a an experience that differs in the U.S. In fact, we've been doing a lot of work in the U.S. Uh, since we started HERO, and we've met a lot of young people who have uh, had similar experiences as young people in care in Ontario. And the short story is um, we... When we bring young people into care, we separate them not only from their mother or father or mother and father or their caregivers, uh, but from their extended families, from their communities, from their uh, faith communities, from from their best friends in schools and, you know, continue to fill in the gaps. And not only that, but once they're in care, we move them from place to place further and further from their important people and mm -hmm. dis disconnect them further. So our intervention in removing children um, which is supposed to be a response to adversity only creates more adversity for them. And mm -hmm. so um, the, and I, I, I need to give full credit to uh, the young people who are on with me tonight. Um, finally, I started to listen to them and mm -hmm. said, um, we need to do something different. I cannot continue to align myself with this. Um, and by the way, aligning with it meant trying not that I'm a bad person. I tried hard to do good work in child welfare. I was just aligned with the wrong system. And mm -hmm. so we developed our own. We developed our own. And what HERO stands for is helping everyone slash each other reach out. It's um, it's a process that um, I'm happy to invite um, my friends who are with me to kind of share a bit more about. But um, that's wow. how we came to it. Yeah. So um, that that's amazing. So tell us, um, I mean, um, tell us each. Uh, let's see, Marella. Uh, first, I guess we'll go. Tell us what your what you do um, at the agency. What is your role? Uh, yeah, thanks for having me here. Um, I am currently a peer navigator. Uh, we work with youth that are in uh, the foster care system at the moment or like a residential treatment facility. And we pretty much build connections um, and give them a sense of hope and allow the children write their own narrative because mm -hmm. the system 
uh, takes away their own voice. So we're trying to give their voices back to them. Mm, wow. You know, um, it's uh, when I saw this, uh, that's what sparked me to, to have you guys on because um, I remember, you know, me and other f former foster youth saying, you know, why don't they ever ask us? Why don't they ask us? We know, we know it all. Uh, and, and so to see that you guys are actually doing that is absolutely amazing because, you know, when you're thinking of changing a system that doesn't work, who else would you ask but the children? I mean, to me, that makes the most sense. I would ask the children and actually the foster parents because they also know things that we don't know. Um, so this is brilliant idea. Um, now, so what, so initially, how does someone get involved with you or you get involved with someone, the child or the family? How does that happen? So um, I previously worked for a child welfare, four different child welfare organizations. Mm -hmm. um, so I worked within the child protection system then more recently, what we're doing is um, uh, we will go to, and since COVID, go to means virtually, yeah. uh, but we will go to wherever the need is, which frankly um, is across, not only across North America, but we have colleagues who are working um, across the globe. Uh, yeah. Sadly, the outcomes for young people in care are not specific to just Canada or the United States. Yeah. Um, we um, so connecting with us and we can share our, our contact information as we go or near the end, uh, whatever yes. is helpful. Um, but we have worked um, within child protection um, agencies in Ontario, Canada. We are currently working through um, and importantly through the health system in the United States, where we've been hired by some pretty large um, healthcare corporations to act as consultants. Mm -hmm. uh, to and to also deliver child welfare, or excuse me, hero to young people in various places in a number of states across the U.S. and hoping to continue to build, it seems we will be, um, which is great, um, in other um, other states across the U.S. So uh, what happens is we contract through them, but are working within, like for example, individual shelters or shelter systems, individualized. Mm -hmm. Morella alluded to. Um, uh, group care, group home providers, but also mm -hmm. um, as COVID is evading and we can get back to this. I mean, we were in West Virginia a few years ago, um, connected with a number of youth from various foster homes. We brought them all together in a particular place and space. We do mm -hmm. what's called hero workshops, um, mm -hmm. which again, I'll, I'll leave it to um, to Raven and, and Morella yeah. to say a little bit more about. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, so Raven, um, before you get to that, uh, I just wanted to see how uh, COVID was impacting you first, Daniel, and then I'll get to Raven. Uh, how has COVID impacted your your plan um, as far as, uh, you know, having to do everything online now, yeah. um, you know? Yeah. Uh, when COVID hit, we were literally all but in the back of, uh, so we had uh, uh, at the time a contract with uh, uh, in West Virginia. And uh, mm -hmm. we were ready to go, we were ready to jump in the back of the van and head back down. Uh, we were typically traveling to the place in space. We were mm -hmm. interfacing directly, we were delivering. And importantly, um, uh, at the time, Raven and Alicia were kind of key players in uh, directly providing the service to youth. Boom, COVID hit. And it was like, oh no, we can't convene kids anymore. We can't be in person or face-to-face -face mm -hmm. anymore. Um, and we started thinking, well, what can we do virtually? And it was actually great because the truth is, is that you, young people were still convened by the system and convening. And so wherever they were together, we found them and went to them. Um, and so 
uh, we did that virtually. And what we added was an element of training the staff who were in the group settings, mm-hmm. partnering with them and, and doing the relational work with them first so that they understood. Because we're asking this system to change. Well, actually, right. we're, demanding, we're demanding the system change and mm. do this differently. No longer that the state is the the expert in kids' lives or the doer of all things for kids. No, they have people. We right. need to reconnect them and remember them in their families and their communities. And so um, we started training online, the staff, getting them uh, ready to go. And then they were our arms and legs on the, on the ground. So we would deliver virtually, but mm-hmm. where we needed to interact or needed to do something physically with the kids, they would do it with them. So um, we're, we've partnered with them. We're working now on a train the facilitator model where we can get them up and running. And because uh, there's only a few of us and lots of them. So um, that's the plan is to make the, the, the reach greater. Okay, right. Yeah. So, so Raven, tell us about your, uh, what do you do on staff um, um, in, in, the, in the scheme of all of this? Yeah, so I'm the same as Marilla. I'm also a peer navigator. I have been for the last five years. Um, and how I would describe my role is uh, we walk alongside youth as they decide and create their support network in hopes that that network lasts outside of um, 21 or when they age out or get out of whatever system they're in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we found that the predicted outcomes are tragic for youth that are in systems um, and everybody needs support and those systems generally lack support for those youth. So so, um, so, the role of a, um, of a hero, so you will try to keep families together when you can but if you had to work with foster youth, you do. Is that correct? You know what I'm saying? Like, is it yep. only for the family? You're trying to do prevention and um, how do I call it? I call it cleanup is what I call it. If yeah. the child's a foster kid and you know what I mean? If yeah. we're already in the system, there's certain things like we're just not getting it. I don't know what's going on. I'm trying my best to say, okay, somebody will get it together one day, Lord, because I'm, I'm 50 something years old and I have uh, mentors, uh, mentees that, that are on, that I'm mentoring that are going through the same thing I went through 30 years ago. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like, this is really going down. Like I went to, I saw a girl's, um, I went out to speak somewhere in the Midwest and the girl had on a pair of jeans from like the 1970s. I was like, girl, uh, I, I just wanted to say, if I wish they would have told me, I would have bought her 500 pair of, of the latest jeans that I could have got even from friends if they weren't brand new, you know what I'm saying? Like they would look brand new and it was so something so easy. Like why weren't they able, the agency able to think, let us outreach to the community and see if we can get some modern clothes for the kids. I mean, something, you know what I'm saying? It, it's this, this girl was like, that's all, we don't get money for clothes. I was like, what? You don't get, I even, I got 13,000, 13, $13,000, $13 a week for allowance. So some things still not have not changed, but that's one of them. And then the second one is, which is what I love what you do, the families, like some families, I don't think the kid even needs to go into foster care as the family needs resources and helps and a step up to, okay, so this is what we need to do to keep the children going to school. So we need, they need to eat. How do we get, make resources for food? Or, or you know what I'm saying? They don't have clothes. Okay. How are we going to make this happen? How can we train mom and dad? So they have the skills necessary to, you know what I'm saying? There's a whole bunch of stuff that goes with this tree. And I'm glad that you guys sound like you get it. You absolutely get it. And that's, that's amazing to me. Cause I, I was about to give up. I was like, Oh Lord, please. When, when is somebody going to get it? I, I mean, I have an agency, but I can only do so much. 
I help provide non-traditional services to the aged out foster youth at Foster Kids Unite. But that's not, you know, there's more, there's more. We need job training. We need, we need skills before they leave. I, you don't need a kid coming to New York 21 uh, not knowing he had to put on a shirt and a tie for an interview. That's too late. You know what I'm saying? That's way too late. So thank you for your, for your, I call them intervention services. Um, and I think it's brilliant. Um, so, so, um, who else is on, uh, let's see, I had, um, Alicia seems to be disconnected just now and trying oh. to get back in. Um, okay. Oh, oh, here she is. Oh wait, no, that's not her. No, that's not her. I thought that was her. Okay. I'll, I'll look for her. Don't worry. I'll look for her when she pops in. I'll, I'll put her back on. Um, but so, so things have, uh, how has, do you think um, things have worsened since the pandemic as far as families needing more, children needing more? You think so, Mara? You think? Okay. What What are some of the things that you guys um, have done or can do to help um, counteract and alleviate that, I guess we'll say? Because um, it, it's been hard for a lot of people, a lot of agencies. Yeah. Um... Uh, to your question, uh, the kids do need more. You know, I mean, it's it's really sad with a pandemic. Mm -hmm. A lot of things have been kind of put on the back burner, not with mm -hmm. our program, but more like just in general. Mm -hmm. um, like I know I have a few friends that are really suffering because of the foster care system right now. And it's really heartbreaking because they're not getting the resources. That's just the thing. Uh, have you guys heard of Danny Van? Yeah. Oh, yeah. you have? Okay, good. I was like, please tell me you have. Yeah. If you ever want to know some resources, that guy, I don't yeah. know how he comes up with them. I tell every foster youth I know, I'm always tweeting it out. I'm, you know, whatever I can, Instagram in it, whatever. Go to his webpage. That guy got resources I ain't never heard of. Yeah, Danny's very, very motivated to, to respond to the current needs of young people as a result of his own lived experience, which actually, I mean, is is very much um, my experience of uh, of Raven and Morella and the other youth that uh, that work with me through Hero. Um, I don't. I, I'm again. I'm trying not to speak for okay. uh, for uh, the young people who are with me here today, um, okay. but they're just, you know, the, the empower in this whole process. I will, I just to offer some clarity quickly, mm -hmm. when we started doing this work with the longest served youth in care, and we mm -hmm. did it, doing it means, maybe I can, maybe actually, if you're okay with this, Raven, maybe you can talk a little bit about what HERO is, what the approach is, you know, the workshops and the, mm -hmm. and the individual network meetings for young people and what the goal is. Mm -hmm. um, if you're comfortable with that, Raven, are you all right with that? Yeah, I'll try and do it justice. Yeah, I was going to ask about that too. So that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So Dan, just fill me in um, wherever you think need be. But uh, so we work in systems, all different kinds of systems. Um, mm -hmm. And we invite youth, usually, I want to say 15 to 21, um, in and they come and do a three day process with us. We go over their important people, their past, um, different places that they've lived, uh, some self-esteem work um, and things like that through a three-day process. So they identify who was important to them in their life. And we do this through kind of a life map. Mm -hmm. um, and during those three days, so they'll identify them, um, what their relationship or hope is. So whether that individual is an acquaintance or someone they're 
have a conditional relationship with or unconditional relationship. Um, and the hope is by day three that they have contacted those people that they have decided are their supports in hopes that those people can meet them um, and just kind of sit around them, talk about what can be celebrated, what their goals are, how those individuals can aid in achieving their goals and what their commitment to that youth is. That is very clever. I really like that. And that, cause I, I say, um, you know, I wrote a, a book about, um, some of my story, my, my foster care story and uh, people always say, how'd you do it? How'd you do it? And I said, I had resources. <laughs> And they're like, okay, that's really helpful. But uh, but that's really how I did it. I mean, there's no other, I mean, God, of course, is always first, but for me. Um, but but really, I always had a resource. And that's really the difference between when I was homeless, it was because I didn't have a resource. And when I got off the streets, it's because I had a resource. That's everything. Everything who you know at a very given moment is a big difference. When I got attacked and I had to go in the hospital for like a month, I was stitches. I mean, can't feel the side of my hand. Long story short, it's just randomly attacked in New York City. You know how New York City is about 30, 30 something years ago, a long time ago. Um, who would have expected that? I was modeling. I was making good money. I didn't, I never expected anything to be different. I had never even heard of welfare at that point or nothing at that point until that happened. And I lost everything in five, in literally five minutes. Um, so, um, you know, I had to think quick, you know, luckily I had some friends that I can couch surf with, but I did end up eventually going homeless. Uh, and homeless for me was not as bad as it could have been because I stayed away from drugs. But what about other people who don't have that, who have no contact? So for you to have them sit down and write out, okay, who, give me names, give me a few names, just a few. That's all I need. You don't need a big long list. You need a couple solid people. That's all you really need. That is brilliant. That is so brilliant, and I'm uh, I, I know I can I can value that, uh, and I know where you're going with that because it's everything, it's everything. And you know, core core to that. I mean, <laughs> your your own story kind of speaks to why we do what we're doing, mm -hmm. and and how powerful it is for young people to be able mm -hmm. to connect with young people, yes. and um, and and there's the, the level of credibility that the young people have with each other who've walked in their shoes um, and who have uh, who can sit across from them with a, a level of, of legitimacy to say, I can I hear you and I truly do hear you. And how can we do this differently? But also the, the young people who work for me have gone through this process and have realized some positive outcomes for them. And what we know, I mean, what I, I so agree with you. I'm so frustrated by this quote unquote system that will not pay attention to the research that tells us what we what we're doing wrong, what the outcomes are. And we keep researching the same thing over and over. Again. Exactly. There you go. The suggested interventions that are required and necessary for kids. The adverse childhood experiences study is very clear in saying without a buffer. Uh, to the adversities that young people experience, their mm -hmm. their future health uh, trajectories are horrible. And what is the greatest buffer? Relationships. Mm -hmm. And so um, when you're saying, you know, you had people who you could connect with, who could guide you, and at points in your life where you didn't have those people, those equated to the same time frames that you were homeless. Yes. Um, that makes very much sense to us. And yeah. we that's where we're, and when we parachute in with some of these young people, some of them are at, what they define to us, because we don't define where they're at or what their future is, we promote and, and, and encourage them to do that through this process mm -hmm. very, very intentionally. Um, but um, 
uh, some struggle in identifying who their important people are because we've distanced them so far. But what we've learned is exactly what you said. If we can help them identify one or two and then move them into the next part of this process, we don't mm. go away. We don't go away on these kids. Uh, we bring them then into a, a facilitated meeting or a conferencing kind of process where they bring their important people together. And if they bring one, that's, that's just fine. Right. Because we get to turn to that one person and say, who else loves this young person? Mm. And you know what? They tell us a couple more or five more or 10 Mm. more. And Mm. then we bring them back together again. And they, as Raven said, they wrap around these young people and around the things that they need. And it's like, oh, I need this, or I, you know, I need to move and I need someone to get the boxes for me. I'll get the boxes for you. Not waiting for someone to, you know, from nine to five. Right. Not on holidays, not on weekends. Right. um, But people who are their three o'clock in the morning, people who will step up for them. So anyway, Mm. I'll I'll stop there. And and No, that's brilliant. I, I mean, this is so, this is so brilliant. I had a little idea like this years ago, but mine was, um, okay, who's the two most vulnerable groups? And it's it's foster youth leaving foster care and it's senior citizens, right? Yeah. So I had this idea that there's some senior citizens I know that have no family at all. So I said, they would be a good connection between some of these youth, as long as the youth is stable and the, the, par- the, par- the grandparent is stable. That's a very big key factor because we can't have dysfunctional and dysfunctional and alert. That would not work. Uh, so you know what I mean? If they were two a good pair, that could actually work because those are two groups that are very vulnerable when you're older, right? Correct. And then when you're younger and have no one. So if they could support each other, that would be interesting. But this is, this is, I think it's a brilliant model. I'm surprised it's not taken off, you know, like a pair of Nike sneakers. Cause this is, this is, you're onto something. You are on to something for for a new wave of foster care. Because to me, it should always, my my mom, I think, you know, my mother's an addict. She died of her addiction. Um, but I really think if they would have intervened the first time, well, it, I was in twice. I went in at three years old, but then I went permanently at five. Uh, but, you know, still, I still think that had she had other services, she probably would have came out of that whole drug fog. But it was just so depressing in the 60s. You know, all the great people had been assassinated. You know, Kennedy, Malcolm X, uh, Dr. King. Uh, they were all assassinated. It's like, what hope do you possibly have? Jim Crow just finished. I mean, what, what was really going on? So I understand why someone like her would slip into whatever was out there. Um, yeah. But people like, there's a lot of people like her I see now that I was like, if someone just gives her that extra, that extra support, she might come out of that drug fog because she knows that there's other things and other ways uh, because no one wants to give away their babies. I mean, no one says here, take them. I don't want them. No one really does that. When you have a baby for nine months, that is your like, you know, your pride and joy. And when we have to give up our kids, it's really something serious. I mean, and if I can just, and I I promise to my team who know I talk too much, just one thing (laughs) I want to, just one thing I want to say in response to that is this. When we were doing this initially and we were seeing the outcomes with the young people that we were working with, I was I I was, first of all, just elated selfishly, like for myself. Why? Well, because I was rolling out of bed in the morning and now I was going to something that energized me and it made me feel good. And I really tuned into that. But the problem was, as as I'm doing this work with young people who are in long term care and more importantly, as the young people are doing it with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I would turn left and there would be another one coming. And it was like, hold on, what is wrong here? And so just to differentiate, we also developed something called adult hero. And what it was, was if 
we can bring young people of like lived experience together, these young, long term in care, incredibly capable, driven young people who have so many barriers put up, you know, by the system, if they can do it, mm-hmm. then why can't why can't moms and dads? Right. And I thought, why can't we start bringing moms and dads who are alone? Because that's what you're talking about in your mom's experience. She was experiencing this alone and lonely and overwhelmed by the truths of her own life. Mm-hmm. And there are so many people in those circumstances. If we can bring them together in a non-judgmental way, mm-hmm. meet them at their feet, meet them where they're at, could we do this differently? Mm-hmm. And, and so we did that. We brought moms and dads together. And guess what happened? Mm-hmm. Their strengths just just absolutely overwhelmed. And and because they were able to come into this room and unveil themselves with people they could evolve a trust with because they were walking in the same shoes. Mm. And and our job was to step aside. Our job was to get the heck out of their way Mm. and help them identify who were their people, who Mm. was important to them, and truly to to honor what you just said, which is nobody wants to, um, you know, uh, be a mom or a dad who definably is looked at as, um, having given away or given up on their children, because we know that's not the truth. Right. Oh, it's not the truth. It's our system that needs to resource what their needs are differently. And mm-hmm. we need to recognize and support them within their networks of important people. And so that's what we do. Mm-hmm. So now we're working, I, I you know, uh, primarily right now with young people through the uh, virtual means we are, but we're talking again now um, uh, that COVID has abated and we can bring moms and dads back together to, to resurrect the adult hero program. And we've, mm. and we're going to, Oh, uh, so we're going to one run both at the same time. Oh, so the adult hero, uh, is different than the regular one. Yeah. Youth hero, youth hero was here's these young kids. They're going to leave care to loneliness, homelessness, mm-hmm. poor health, com- you know, struggles. And, and what we know from the research is a, a life of horrible health. Mm. And, you know, die 15 to 20 years earlier than the, the rest of the population. Mm. Um, and so let's stop that. Let's try and and not us. We don't stop it. We create the we create the environment in which they together mm. can, do, can do this together and can see their strengths and see they're not alone. And we just said, look, why can't moms and dads do that? And they can't. It's the short story as they can. But these young people mm-hmm. to watch them do what they do and come together and evolve over the few days in the workshop and then move into their individual network meetings and reach out for this help is just it's fascinating mm-hmm. uh, and 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 so rewarding for us as well to watch them. Yeah, wow. that is absolutely amazing. Well, we're we're gonna go to a video break, and when I come back. Um, I wanted to talk to you. I wanted to ask you this question. Uh, well, you can answer when we come back. Are, are we as a society realizing the multifacetedness of mental and addictive health? And how is your agency addressing that? When I come back, when we come back, we'll answer that. Okay, guys. So give me a second here. We're going to share the screen. Uh, uh, let's see. And there we go. All right. Here we go. All right. Loading the mind, gotta make you friends with the worst behind But guess that's just what I've been speaking Stressed out, but it's always fine, baby Asking what she can't describe, baby Never mind, it'll all be fixed with
when she's in pieces and pieces again. Let's not forget about all the ones who go run their mouths just to say we're living in loneliness. missing here let's see who to uh, add all right there we go sorry about that we are back uh and you were listening to uh let's see her name is tate mccray uh that's who original music by her and uh so we are back here uh, you're watching on the town i'm your host tanya and we are here with raven and daniel and Mirella, all from a hero agency uh so uh, guys um Thanks for hanging with me. Um, so I was saying that a society, as a society, are we really realizing like there's so many levels to this, the, the mental health and addictive piece, you know, when it comes to children uh, being care or children not being, their, their needs not being met, um, how is your agency addressing that? Um, is, is it a specific thing or it just happens to mesh in with everything you're doing? I am. Um... I would suggest uh, a couple of things, and and uh, I invite um, Raven and Morella to kind of fill any gaps that I miss. The first thing is that we have been doing what we refer to as casework as usual for decades. Actually, you referred to it yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, guess what? It's not working. So, mm -hmm. and we're identifying problems uh, with individuals. We're path pathologizing individuals. Mm -hmm when um, we're not recognizing that there are much bigger things at play here. And mm. I'll, I'll, I'll swing back into addictions and, and mental health in, mm. in a second. But, you know, we know that in, in the United States, uh, it's obviously it varies state to state, not significantly so, but state to state. But there are uh, so many young people who are in care due to reasons of neglect, mm. um, where resourcing within the family could actually um, address the issues and concerns and also quote unquote prop the family up in a way that will allow them to parent. The, uh, the inverse of that is in removing their young people mm -hmm. and the, the weight and, and power of the impact, the adversity for the parents and the young people in that. I, I don't think there's anybody on this screen who's at all surprised that some of the outcomes are exacerbated mental health challenges, increases in depression, increases in the use of substances to cope because the outcomes of taking me away from the most important people in my life and isolating me from them 
I mean, the only way I can manage that day to day is escape it. Mm. Um, so, so one of the truths is if that's the outcome of what we're doing, mm-hmm. then we need to undo it. We need to do it backwards. Yes. And so taking a relational approach to uh, issues of, 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 of mental health and issues of um, addiction, we need to see those, those as outcomes and symptoms of a much greater problem. Mm. And those problems are, one, uh, we need to be intervening on a relational level. And two, from a societal perspective, we, mm. need, to, we need to really, really start focusing on equitable practices, mm. uh, promoting equity within practice, uh, opening ourselves up, being honest and truthful with ourselves and saying, you know what, we are a racist society. We are a sexist society. Mm-hmm. We don't recognize. Uh, we don't. We're not prepared to recognize those truths. If we did, we would open ourselves up to saying, "Look, we need to um, um, practice from an, a perspective of equity and pr- promote the truths." The overrepresentation, both in Canada and the United States, of uh, Black young people, of Indigenous people in care, is is astonishing. It is astonishing relative to the greater population. Underlying that are racist practices mm-hmm. and um, are, are issues of equity. And so what are the outcomes when you do that, you know, to one generation and to another generation? I don't know, Raven, if you want to speak a little bit to the intergenerationality of child welfare and, mm-hmm. and your insights, um, so powerful. I actually, maybe I should just stop talking and <laughs> we appreciate everybody. Go ahead. Raven. Uh, yeah, so I can speak to that. Um, so I grew, grew up in foster care from the age of nine to 21. Uh, I didn't find permanency while I was in care. Um, and I come from a mom who had mental health and addiction issues. And if you look further down kind of my line, um, my family is multi-generational for being in foster care. So starting with my great-grandmother and then my grandmother and my mother and myself um, and my siblings and whatnot. So that's a lot of addiction. That's a lot of trauma. And it's a lot of um, predicted outcomes for us. And through Hero, um, I connected with my great-grandmother. Uh, she recently passed this year, but I spent the last three years very closely alongside her. And we... We're running errands one day. She was 83 at the time. Um, she was tired out. We were sitting on her couch and we were talking about um, her kids, her kids that had passed before her, one of them being my grandmother who was in care. Um, and she, we sat in silence for a little bit and she just turned to me and said, you know, my mother wasn't really that good to me. Um, and I sat with that and that's when it just clicked for me that it didn't start with my great grandmother. It was a lot of broken people who did the best with what they had. And unfortunately, our predicted outcome was um, going into foster care. And Mm -hmm. I think in that, like there was so much healing and forgiveness and just like blank slate for not only my mother, my grandmother, my great grandmother, but for everyone. Um, We had kind of um, a difficult outcome uh, due to the mental health and addiction, but I think there's forgiveness in knowing that it didn't start with anyone and it wasn't this big malicious act. Like you said, nobody looks at their child, grows their child for nine months, and then is like, this is what I want for you. Um, And I know down my lineage, it also wasn't what, you know, they wanted for us. It was just kind of broken outcomes. Mm, 
That is powerful. That is so powerful. And uh, Mirella, you, were you also in care as well? Uh, yeah, so I was actually adopted uh, a few times. Uh, so I was born in Romania. Um, my mom had some mental health issues uh, in Romania. Um, and she gave me up for care. Well, adoption, sorry. Um, from there, I was transferred to some people in Wisconsin. Um, they gave their parental rights up. Um, and then I was readopted um, as far as with the Hubers now. Um, and they also gave their parental rights up. Um, but long story short, I was in care from 5 to 21. And all the same, uh, same time, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I see, I see you're working on your master's in clinical psychology. Did I say, is that right? Yes. Okay. Brilliant. Brilliant. And, and, and how did you get into, how did you both uh, meet up with Daniel? That's what I'd love to know. Um, well, Dan, um, contacted me, I believe through, well, through hero, but through another person, um, he was working with. And they were like, well, you connect with Dan. And I'm like, oh, okay, sure. So you already wanted to be in this field, both of you, kind of. You knew, you knew already you wanted to be in this field. That's brilliant. Brilliant. I, I always say, why aren't people going back and giving the people that used to be in care? Well, we have the pieces of paper from the school and we have the life lifelong lesson with the PhD. And we know this, you know, so brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And um, thank you for sharing that story, both of you, actually, um, because that's, that's kind of, um, you know, I do this awareness events every year. I'm doing mine May 20th on Zoom. I will invite you guys. Um, but it's um, the survi Foster Survivor um, Aged Out book, pan uh, book Tour Panel. And so everybody's written books and one person did a film. Um, but the point is to show that, you know, we become great human beings if we do the work, right? Like that's the bottom line. And, and everybody can do the work if they have the right tools, you know? And so some of us pick them up later. Um, some of us get lucky while we're in care and may have a social worker that attaches to us and, you know, guides us, you know, some of us don't get lucky at all. And that's the ones we have to save because those are the ones that end up in the gang or in addiction or in homicide, suicide, you know, all that, all the, all the different things that, that, that turn out if they don't have, um, you know, the resources. So I appreciate um, what you guys are doing. Um, and uh, one of the community um, I was thinking about, the homeless community, um, do you work with the homeless shelters at all too? Or or is that a little bit pinched different? Because I know foster kids come from all different aspects, the mental health, addiction, you know, but I know homeless shelters is another um is another entity and that's usually meshed in with with everything else it is in fact um child welfare i'm sad to say is the uh is the greatest feeder system to the uh, uh homeless community um mm -hmm. that's the truth and that's proven worldwide frankly um and in fact where we started where i started with this was uh, i met these amazing folks in phoenix arizona Mm -hmm. um, who were trying to do work that was similar to this. Mm -hmm. And um, at, when I heard about it, uh, me and a couple of colleagues went down to meet them and, and see what they were doing and, um, and kind of brought the idea back to, uh, to Canada. 
And the group that we met with were, in fact, um, a bunch of young people who were who were confronted with homelessness, who are working through a, a youth resource center that was in place to provide services to young people. Mm. And they were seeing that the services they were providing, while they were helpful on Tuesday, when the kids came on Tuesday, mm -hmm. Wednesday, they still had the same needs. Mm. And so they said, well, what do they really need at the, at the at the core of this? And what they needed was relationships. They're three o'clock in the morning people. So mm. we came back and um, so me with some staff started to develop this process. And then, um, uh, and I'm going to call uh, Raven out again. Uh, mm -hmm. Raven Raven was one of and probably the primary young person who came to us at the time and said, thank you. Somebody is finally listening. Mm. Now, here's the thing. Do you guys want to do it right? Because mm. <laughs> we know what's right. Mm. You guys don't. Mm. And so um, we want to help. Uh, and not only want, do we want to help, we want to be, you know, advisors and contributors to this, but only if you're going to listen to us because mm. we're sick and tired of being experts at disappointment. Mm. And so bring us in, hear our voice. And, and I think over time, um, you know, I'm speaking to you directly, Raven. Raven has learned that um, her voice is so worthy of being heard. Raven coined something that is really a core to our work, and it's the work we do initially with young people, which is we take them and we try to help them shift together, and they help each other shift from a place of vulnerability to a place of courageousness because they're worthy of different and better. Mm. And that totally encapsulates the work that we did. And we had no idea how to do that until the Ravens of the world, the Ambers of the world, uh, the cats of the world, uh, the Nates, and, 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 and ultimately the Morellas and, and Alicia's and so on, um, told us how to do it. And the key for us was we started listening. You're so right when you say, look, like, why don't we go to the true experts on what we're doing? I mean, the service we provide is to these particular people. Why aren't we asking them, how are we doing? <laughs> and and we st when we finally started to do that, and we also had had to be courageous ourselves mm -hmm. because we had to open ourselves up to hear from them. You're doing really crummy. Mm -hmm. You're doing really crummy. And you know how I know? Because I wear the outcomes of your decisions. Mm -hmm. you know, so wow. Make this, make this different. I don't know if you, Morella or um, Raven, want to add to that, but um, it's just a truth. And, and right. I am so appreciate them for that. Well, I appreciate all you guys because uh, this is uh, way more than I bargained for. And I'm so happy to hear that someone is doing that piece, um, which is getting to the core of a root of the problem and providing uh, resources um, and, and, and self-resources. Because sometimes we don't know we're capable of doing stuff either without a push. So it's just br brilliant all the way around. I'm hoping to see this model go everywhere. I mean, I don't understand why agencies are not calling you up saying, how much staff do you have? Can you get some over here in New York? Can you get some here in Canada? I mean, you know, I can think of places, California has a horrible system. They really need to overturn. They need to overhaul ASAP. I mean, like ASAP yesterday. Um, I got kids there that are in care that were taken out of um, homes and um, wait, ready? So uh, a foster mom leaves the child home, leaves the child home for two months while she goes to her new place. She didn't want to tell the girl because she didn't want to bring her, right? Because the girl's, you know, she's at that age 17, whatever. So the girl's home. So, the, you know, if the girl stays home and has a party, what, what do you think she's going to do? 
There was no food or nothing. So what do you think? She was smart. She said, I had a party because I knew I'd get food. I thought it was clever. Yeah. Foster, foster mother didn't think so. <laughs> you know, but like, really? What? So what are we going to charge her with abandonment and neglect? Because that's what you should do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then she threatened the girl. So those are cases. I mean, I got cases in California that will make your head spin. You'll be like, no way that's still happening. No way. Oh, yeah. Oh, way. California is outdated. They need to overhaul of their system, in my opinion. Um, and they need someone from everybody should go. Just go. Just just go because you're not doing your job. You should, I don't know what they're paying them 150000 a year for. I really don't. I don't know what they're getting their money for. I have no clue because they're not doing. There's kids. There are kids taken out of foster homes, put into foster shelters. Have you ever heard of such thing? Why would you put me, traumatize me further? You took me from parents, right? I'm, oh my God, my parents, I'm never going to see them again. Oh my God, I don't have my siblings. Did you look at my siblings for me? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And now they take you to another place. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? This is just, this is a shelter just for teens in foster care? Like, whoa. So how does that look? You know what I'm saying? Because if the other teens have been being abused, they might take it out on me. Now and I got to deal with that. So there's layers to this and they don't understand the damage that they're doing. If you're going to take someone's kid from them, okay, that's fine. If you really feel it's life-threatening and that's a must, but you need to do a better job. You can't take me from trauma, put me in more trauma and let me live with trauma and drama. That doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make no sense to me. And I know so many kids right now who are actually suing the system because they're just like, what? There's nothing we can. Well, I think there should be a class action suit. I think every every kid in every state should get together and throw big class and suits, uh, action suits because once the cities get hit with money in their pockets, then they're going to say, whoa, because, you know, nobody wants to do this work if it's free. You know, what I'm saying my nonprofit, we don't take a salary. We all work volunteer. But that's a very rare thing. Most people are like, you got to pay me. I want 150000 a year. And it's like to do what? What are you doing? Like there's no tangible thing that I can see you're doing with the 150,000 a year. It doesn't make sense to me for a nonprofit, but whatever. Um, but they're just, they're not doing it. I've been to Maryland. I've been to states from here to California and you'd be shocked at things that are still going on that were going on in seventies. That's, that's how crazy it is. So I appreciate you guys. I applaud you um, for, you know, coming up with this, this whole concept, this modality, this new system, it has to be a thing and catch on, you know, everything else catches on. Everybody wants to, all these likes and shares and all this other stuff, like, and share this, like that's, you know, if you're an agency head or somewhere, think about the things that these people have said tonight and how your agency can get with these, this, this type of, uh, of, of, of agency, because, um, I'm telling you, it's gotta, it's gonna fall down. It's all crumbling down. So until they come up with a new modality, you're going to keep getting kids out who, you know, like that poor girl, um, you know, who got shot at a party because the foster mother who is dysfunctional was dysfunctional. Um, the foster mother threatened to, to have her friends beat her up and they came to beat her up. So the, the sister said the poor girl got scared and grabbed the knife. So when the cop pulls up, what does he see? A foster kid with a knife. Bam. Done. And she was a black girl. So def definitely done. No questions asked. You know what I'm saying? But why didn't somebody ping the foster mother? She should not have had any kids. She sound way too immature for me. 
you're going to be, I'm going to get you beat up. What? Who said, what mother says that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Those are the things that need to be addressed. Like, And there's so much, so much. I My heart is bleeding right now because I know kids 17 years old living in a darn foster shelter. Yeah. 17. And they've moved around 30 times already. So you wonder why they don't finish school. Right. How could you finish school if you just moved 30 times? You barely get to know your math teacher and then you got to switch. You know, and the new school doesn't have that math program. Oh, I'm sorry. And then I got a new counselor. And then, you know, these are the things I'm to chatter. I'm here. I have a lot of foster mentees that I deal, I work with. And I look and I say, God, you guys are resilient, resilient, because I don't know if I got lucky after my, I don't know, probably eighth place. I don't know. I finally stayed one place. But before I was seven, I was in a lot of different places. So I got lucky at seven to be at one place and stay till I was 18. And in spite of me being abused from nine to 15, um, I stayed there till I was 18, which was torture because I had to look at my abuser in the face all the time. Even if he wasn't going to do it again, it was still a reminder. Thank you very much, foster care. I love you. Um, so that was torturous. But then, you know, my community, I'm lucky that I had them. I can't explain it. That's the one thing I can say is those people, I came back 20 years later when I had my kids, 30 years, whatever it is later. And they're still here. The community is still here and they're still helpful. So that that's a resource. That's that's the one piece that's missing. So what you're doing is brilliant. It's it's teaching them to get their own. This is what your this is your lifeboat. You got five wraps. Who are you going to give them to? I mean, five uh, life jackets. Who are you going to give them to? You know, who are you going to give them to? That's the team. That's the team right there. If anything happens, this is the team. And that's brilliant because it, it makes it less stress on even let's say the agencies, right? right? Because if we built your own resource, then that's great. It's just, it's a brilliant, uh, brilliant uh, model and idea. So how do we, how do we, is this right? The a website I put on there is how people will reach out and how can the community help? What can the community do? Do they call places and say, we would like to hear to your hero program somewhere, or what do we need to do? Go to your site and donate. What do they need to do? I, you know, what's it? I mean, Actually, here I go. I'm jumping in. Do you guys have a response before I do my thing? <laughs> oh, damn. Um, I tried. Please jump in. Um, number one, I think you you hit a couple of nails on the head. We need to build uh, awareness. The, the greater community is oblivious to the child welfare system. And, you know, we've been not only working. So your, the answer to your earlier question, do we work with young people who are in shelters the same way? Yep. And we go to them and we meet them at their feet. And if they're not having the best day, we stay with them at their feet till mm-hmm. we can move to, you know, forward at their pace. This is mm-hmm. their life and they can guide and dictate their lives. Mm-hmm. And um, and some of them are ready and raring to go when we meet with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, our hope, by the way, is to evolve young people in the communities um, where we go to so that they can, too, carry this forward, like the like the Ravens and, and the Morellas and Alicias. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they can carry it forward. We want to build masses because there's 450, 500,000 kids in care in the U.S. And yes. so uh, the number that we would like to reach is about 450 to 500,000 kids because they wow. all deserve it. Yes. Um, for us, um, uh, we want to get the word out there about this. We want to mm-hmm. help. Um, so if organizations are interested to learn, we want to mm-hmm. teach you. 
Mm. Um, we want to teach you how to do it. And the way we do it is with you. We go shoulder to shoulder with you. We will train you in it. We mm. will walk alongside you. We will run workshops with you with the youth. And we will support you in the in the third stage of this when the youth are going into their individual network meetings and peer support meetings. Um, any way we can get our information out to the community so that people can learn about us, um, connect with us through the through our website. Um, we're on Facebook. Please look us up on Facebook as well. Um, any way we can get the word out, I, I think we invite that. Um, mm. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, I think, our best hope. By the way, we hope to be in California in August, mid-August. Um, and really? and we'll be scratching the surface and hopefully uh, being able to get involved in a way that's um, uh, you know has impact. I believe in the work, otherwise I wouldn't be doing it. Um, and in a way that has impact so that we can get to the greater system. Um, mm -hmm. But if there's a smaller entity that mm -hmm. is you know looking at you know working with young people in and in, uh, or from care, mm -hmm. uh, we're happy to connect with you and educate you on on uh, on what we call how to do differently because these kids are worthy of different and better. So, mm. uh, I don't know, well, Ray other thoughts? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> other thoughts, Miranda or Raven? How about this? Um, what would you like to see for your growth in five years? What would you like to see changed? In five years? Mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, well, again, Raven, thoughts, Morella? Yeah. Um, Morella? Can you hear me? Oh, they can't hear me. There she goes. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, like Dan said, I, I think our system needs a huge change. And, you know, we want to be um, one of those changes for our youth, um, especially the little ones as well. You know, I, I remember working with little ones and it just hurt my heart to see them just crying for their mom. Um yeah. And I think we just need to do better and show them that we're there for them. Great. Great. You know, if I was to answer your question, I'd say this. Um, and I don't think it's at all realistic in five years, but I don't care about what's realistic. We'll start yeah. the stars and we'll land yeah. on the moon. Uh, <laughs> so number one uh, is the abolishment of child welfare as it is done today. It is wrong. Yes. It is backwards. Uh, and it is reactive and punitive. Uh, there's, uh, and I don't know, uh, J Mac, Joyce McMillan myself, but I've heard of, of Joyce's work. I want to shout out to Joyce and she coined a phrase that I absolutely love. Mm. Uh, and we have the same thing in Ontario. It's called duty to report that certain people have a duty to report when yes. they're worried about kids. And Joyce said, no, let's change it from duty to report to duty to support. Mm. Our, duty yep. as, our duty as a community should be to support uh, young people and their families. And the way you do that is to support the families themselves. Mm. And don't, don't pretend in any way that you're the expert on their lives. Ooh. Support them in being experts in their own lives and do that by supporting them within their network of important people. We mm. are so quick to identify what people can't do. Harold asks, what can you do and how can you be a participant? How can it be inclusive? So that's mm. what I would like to see, a system that's built on that foundation. And mm. I think we can do it. Uh, frankly, I know we can do it. That resistances are, uh, there's some reason that the system is ignoring the very things that you talked about. It's I can tell. what it needs to do. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a self-sustaining organism. Mm -hmm. And our job is to cultivate a new one. So 
I would like to be a part of, of that for the next number of years. Mm. And I agree with what Morella said, do more of what we're doing now, spread the word, build mm. the capacity to do this more broadly, mm -hmm. lead mm. by walking shoulder to shoulder with Raven quoted uh, herself, I think when, uh, help me with the superheroes comment Raven, cause I don't want to mess it up. Um, I think it was just kind of my take on working as a peer navigator in Hero. Um, we get to work alongside what I call real-life superheroes, and that's our youth we work with. Like, they have been through um, so much adversity, but they are some of the most powerful, articulate, intelligent, um, resilient young people. Uh, and I think it's beautiful to watch uh, and grow and be alongside. It's very much a privilege. Hmm. Wow. Well, this I is just want to work to that every day. I can't imagine. I mean, just to have staff like you guys, if I was in youth and care, I'd be like, wow, someone's here for us finally. Um, just to hear you um, talk about a place of your own empowerment and not knowing what to do for their lives, let them decide. That's just all brilliant stuff because that's not usually how it works. It's like, here, come here. Not only am I going to take your kids, but I don't tell you what to do with your life. I'm going to tell you when to do it, how to do it, and what time to do it. And and if you don't do this, then that won't happen. You know, it's all yeah. these series of uh bossiness, I call them. Um, uh, and so it's, it's just, I just love what you're doing. You also yeah. have something here I saw in your, um, on your website, which I love this. And then we'll, we'll end with this, but I'm going to end with a video, but I want to, I just got to say this. Um, you said, uh, let's see. Um, when you talk, when it talks about you moving, moving everything further, uh, further internationally, um, it says uh, a hero is a practice approach aimed at identifying and building lifelong networks of support. It is not an event, a one-time workshop, or a meeting. It is an ongoing process based on the principle that everyone needs and deserves people they can rely on. I mean, that's just, <laughs> I don't know how you came up with that, but that's brilliant stuff. I will say that uh, that you'd make me want to go back and get my PhD in psychology <laughs> on that one because that's just brilliant stuff. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and it, I know you got it just by that statement alone. Um, so I appreciate you guys. Anything else? Anything coming up that you want people to look out for? Uh, we're just going to keep doing the doing as we are. And if there are people who are interested, please reach out. Um, yes helping everyone slash each other reach out is the core of what we do. And uh, you reach out to us, we'll reach back out to you. I'm so grateful for the opportunity um, and, uh, and to share kind of what we do and the opportunities to continue doing that. Yeah. And uh, we'll keep building uh, forward. We welcome uh, and are grateful again for this opportunity tonight. Oh, we thank you so much for taking the time. So guys, just hang out for a minute. I'm going to uh, end it with the video and then end the show. Just give me a minute. Let's see if I can get this correct. Let's see. Put everybody over here. And um, okay, this is a song. Baby, I'm drunk only. Know the cup won't be like I do. Baby, I'm known that we can't live in the past, but the past is all I I'm choosing you instead, yeah. 
everybody watching on the town we're back that was tatiana uh the music but original music by tatiana uh so thank you so much raven and morella and daniel for coming on and uh on the town with tanya we appreciate you so much uh and if we can ever promote anything you're doing please let us know um and keep me posted uh and i'll send you an invite for may 20th our online uh zoom event uh for foster care awareness month uh, we, we have, uh, you know, we give scholarships in honor of my brother who passed away, who grew up in foster care with me. Um, we give a citizen of change award to people that help, uh, foster youth. Um, and we hopefully will give out some, yes, you know, some scholarships and some proclamations and so, you know, awards from our town, uh, executor, executor. I said that wrong. Our executive, uh, what do you call it? County executive. Thank you. I said it wrong. Uh, so hopefully, you know, that'll be a fun event. It's usually fun. Uh, online 6:30. I will invite you to that because uh, you know I always say um, all of us groups have to link up, yes, and yes. eventually I'm hoping that someone makes an app that young foster youth that left or parents in need, whatever you want, they have their three one one two on one. Maybe we'll be seven two two. I don't know, uh, <laughs> but some kind of app where you know, oh, I need resource. I need you know this and and and. It's all there. So not quite like um, there is a guy, Six Still Cancel, who has some kind of app for foster youth. Not that, not that. This is different. Uh, Danny Van is the guy I need to talk to. And then some techies because I have an idea for an app for foster youth and for aged out foster youth and for foster parents. Like it's all together. Um, and it just makes more clickable because if you don't have a resource at that given moment, anything can happen. You can end up in sex trafficking. You can end up on drugs. You can end up with, you know, being kidnapped. I mean, 500 things can happen in one second if you don't make the right decision. And so we need something that help us. They have phones now, which is nice for young people. They have phones. I didn't know this, but they've been giving out uh, phones to foster youth through um, iFoster. Yeah. I love them. I, I think that was the brilliantest idea ever because we all need to be connected to somebody, right? You know, even if the kids want to be silly on it and make crazy texts, whatever, that's what they do. But they need that connection. And I'm so happy to know that there's some kid who normally would not be able to afford a phone can get it through iFoster. So that's why we have to all link up and connect up. If we know people that are doing good in this industry, we have to support them. We have to because we have to show the other people how things need to be done. That's the bottom line. So I appreciate you and um, you, any of you are welcome back anytime. For anything that you have going on in the future, just always reach out to me and uh, I got you. And thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. Any last words before we head out? Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you, Daniel. Just hang out a minute and I'll end the show with this. Uh, my viewers out there, thank you very much for watching. I see you out there, Anthony, Grandma, Joe, uh, John. I see you guys. And thank you so much for taking the time to watch. Please like and share, share, share because nobody can get the word if you don't share. It's not about me. I could care less about me. It's about the message. Remember that. All right. Thank you. Bye. Oh, who's that? Wait a minute before I say goodbye. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Emma. Appreciate you. Um, so yeah, Emma always throws that last minute thing in there and I have to check and make sure, <laughs> make sure I didn't miss nothing. Uh, but thank you guys. And um, we'll see you next week. Bye. Hang out guys. Mm -hmm.